Welcome to Hormone Health Podcast, brought to you by Georgia Hartman and Chloe Sheehan. This podcast is an extension of Hormone Health Studio, which is our naturopathic clinic based here in Newcastle and online. We're just two naturopaths who love a laugh, coffee, croissants, and conversations about real people with real health concerns. Nothing's off limits. We're here to educate you on what's happening in your body, share emerging research, and debunk buried health misconceptions. So sit back and let us do the talking. Okay, so earlier this week, Chloe jumped on our Hormone Health Studio Instagram and shared a story um, asking people what got them through morning sickness. This episode this week is all about morning sickness Um, and we've found some really interesting research that we're going to share, but I couldn't stop laughing at some of these responses. There's some, like, common ones like ginger beer, um, someone said ginger bears. I haven't tried ginger bears. Frozen Coke. like Frozen Coke. Yeah. Um, eating all the time, constantly snacking, medication. But then there was a, like the funny random ones are pasta with butter, cheese and salt. Um, yeah, go for it. You do your thing. Um, all day. All day. <laughs> Jats, fresh fruit juices. You know, it's just like it really just depends. It's like whether or not these are just because they're personal preference in taste or because they actually help. Um, Someone had said, oh, yeah, minties and mint-flavoured lollies. Nothing nothing really helped, but the only thing that I could reliably keep down was Macca's fries. And when I read that, I laughed because I have the funniest McDonald's story. I don't know if I've told you before, Chloe, but when I was – pregnant with Rumi. So my second, I was like heavily pregnant. I was like, I don't know, 36, 37 weeks pregnant. And Stephen and I had an argument about something. I can't even remember what it was. It would have been stupid. There were so many stupid arguments. I used to get so angry at myself when I was pregnant with Rumi. Like I just, I was just constantly angry. Maybe it was all the estrogen. When and, you say you're like, you're ready to divorce Stephen. Yeah. Oh yeah. I was adamant. I was going to leave him. <laughs> like I was really confident during pregnancy too. I was like, I've never been more clear about anything in my <laughs> life. We're just not meant for each other. But anyway, we're Stay fine now. Arms, it works too, jobs. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That was going to be me. Um, but anyway, it turns out that was just hormonal, which is really interesting. Mm. Um, but anyway, we had this argument and I just got in the car and I left and I drove to King Street McDonald's because okay. all I wanted, all I wanted was a vanilla milkshake. So random. I know. And I mean, that's not something I would usually crave, but it's all I wanted. And I think the cravings get so strong that you're like, I have to have that now or else, you know. <laughs> or so- some divorcing. I like, yeah, well, that was already going to happen. So I just needed the milkshake at this point. But um, so I drove all the way there and I got to the drive through because I wasn't going to walk in. I wasn't in no state to walk in. And I said, because, you know, like, welcome to Macca's drive through. What can I get for you? And I was like, I uh, can I just have a large vanilla milkshake? And he goes, sorry, our machine's broken. Oh. And I could have cried. I went silent and I put my head on my steering wheel. And I didn't realise how much time had passed until he said, are you still there? <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's, like it was like someone had, just, someone had just like stabbed me in the arm and I was like, this is it. This is how I'm going to So go. what did you get? Chips. 
Yeah. But I it didn't cut it. You know, I got the Macca's fries because reliably I could get them down, but that's not why I went there. I went there specifically. And it always happens, doesn't it? When I don't know if you get milkshakes from Macca's, but the machines always, they need new machines. They're always bloody broken. Yeah, I think they sometimes just do it on purpose so that it's like, I, yeah, they don't want to serve soft serves today or for whatever reason. I heard that they all come in like packets though. Like it's. Don't tell it's me I'm an ignorant great. meat, meat <laughs> yes. eater and an ignorant Macca's eater. Um, but. That's so good. This research that had just come out came at a really good time. And I say that in two minds because how long has it needed to be that women have been suffering with pregnancy, nausea and vomiting Mm. and even HG? Like we're in 2023, you know, there's been so many advances and only now have they just been like, oh, okay, this is what we think is the main cause. Um, But I... Also, apart from sharing that story uh, on the Hormone Health Studio, I also announced that I have made it to halfway in my pregnancy, which I just sort of feel like, is it too soon? (laughs) I know. You know, for people listening, Chloe, like she has a baby in her belly. Like you can tell. Like you've got the cutest little bump. You don't carry it anywhere else. You've just got, but it's so like, it's obvious that you're pregnant. And so near our clinic, there were a couple of people from the um, salad place and right next door that had messaged me independently going, hey, like don't mean to pry, but just wondering, is Chloe pregnant? And I'm like, I thought yeah, I was hiding it so much to start telling people. I was like, yeah, but you know, when it's just, it's, it's especially pregnancy after loss. It's like, if you keep it your little secret, then, you know, people aren't going to ask you, oh, are you pregnant? But I think it's just gotten to that stage. You're right. Like I am busting out of like everything. Um, And so I just, yeah, it feels good. It feels like a bit of a weight off my shoulders, but I, in my pregnancy, I, in my previous three pregnancy, I had no sickness at all. And I remember saying to myself, I just, in my next pregnancy, all I want is to feel nauseous and to vomit, to know that something good is happening. Mm. And like, I regret that because you I've been- that statement now. <laughs> this pregnancy, my fourth pregnancy, I've been vomiting up until like- Like last week. Like Yeah, still... last week. Yeah. Has, on the has highway. there been any vomiting this week? No, because I've like, I think maybe I'm turning a corner, but as soon as I say that, like I'll probably go home and vomit tonight. Um, Mm. But, you know, and I know you've experienced sickness in pregnancy as well. And the empathy that you can now get for our clients, for other people, unless you've experienced it, it's so hard to know how debilitating it is. Yeah, it's so true because I think often, like if you think about you go somewhere and you get, prescribed a medication or something new into your regime and someone says oh the only side effect will be a bit of nausea and you think okay like no problem I arguably would say that nausea is like the worst symptom yeah. like I think if you're nauseous all day long like that's horrendous it's like I feeling. I was already re- a really bad hungover person like I would be like yeah. typing in can you die from a hangover yeah and I never expected to be so mentally 
influenced in a negative way by just feeling so sick in my pregnancy because for me I was like okay once I get past a 12-week scan and I know that everything's good I'm low risk on my tests I'm going to feel elated and I'm going to feel excited and I'm going to you know get a nursery ready and buy all these things and when I got to 12 weeks I almost felt sicker and I almost felt more scared I'm not sure sicker is a word, but let's roll with it. Fucking sicker, yeah. <laughs> More sicker. sick. I felt fully sicker. <laughs> but, yeah, no, but we've also spoken about this, like, outside of the podcast, where it's it, pregnancy is so hard, particularly after loss, where, like, you kind of, okay, just get to 12 weeks mm. and then it's like, okay, get that scan and then the next thing's like the morphology scan at 20 weeks, so just get to that. But then you're still not feeling movement until like well into halfway through your pregnancy. And so it's like, yes, there's nausea. There's also anxiety. It's just Mm. like such a roller coaster that I really feel like is underappreciated in the general public. And like I like it's kind of cute, but also funny um, because I have an anterior placenta. I knew that I wouldn't feel kicks and movement for a little while. And Will had his hand on my belly. We were just lying on the couch. And it was before I actually felt any definitive movement. And I think we had like GYG, like nachos. And and he was holding my belly and it was like right where, because I know obviously like where my intestines are. He's like, oh, my God, I can feel kicking. I was like, mate, that's some serious That's just the beans. (laughs) That's the beans. (laughs) And I also didn't want to tell him, but, you know, it's just You're like, like, oh, really? Yes, great. Wow. That's so good. <laughs> um, yeah. So anyway, I think, you know, now when you go through it, gosh, we have some we have some information to pass on to our clients to maybe help, but sometimes these things just don't cut it, do they? No, ginger doesn't cut it, B6 no. doesn't cut it. You know, sometimes, honestly you've just got to swallow your pride. And I say that in a way, like so many people take medication for yeah. morning sickness. Um, but for me, I like found like I was up against some sort of ego when I oh, completely me too. had to take medication. But it's like I can't breathe. I <laughs> would have to lie so still on the lounge. And if I moved slightly, like it honestly felt so nauseating to talk to breathe to move my eyes like it was just the wild thing so I don't know you can do all the things and then it's just like okay well what are my options what do I need to do and let's talk about get to that point because it it is you know you have to it is sort of like okay well whether or not you conceive naturally or you've not been someone to take medication these medications are going to allow you to stay at work. They're going to allow you yes. to um, look after your other children or maintain your mental health. But, you know, okay, so we can now probably like go into the facts about it, but up to seven in 10 pregnancies are affected by some level of nausea and vomiting. That's a lot. It's a lot of people, isn't it? And, you know, like I say this, but as somebody who's experienced pregnancy loss, that is a stat that I would fixate on heavily and be like, oh my God, I'm not in the majority. Does that mean I'm, you know, that this pregnancy isn't good? But there's also the other, you know, three out of 10 people who go on to have normal, healthy pregnancies, but Mm. they're fine. They just don't experience nausea and vomiting. 
and this is the interesting thing. It's like, okay, well, why is this the case? And this is really what we wanted to talk about today. But maybe first, tell us about HG. What is HG? Give us the stats. I'm sure you've got them up your sleeve. Well, um, HG, so hyperemesis gravidarum, is the name for a more severe type of pregnancy sickness. And this is thought to affect between one to three in 100 pregnancies. So not one to three in 100 women, but one to three in 100 pregnancies. And it can be really severe, even life-threatening to the fetus or the mother. Uh, It usually requires intravenous fluid replacement um, because of severe dehydration and also weight loss. So when, you know, this big fancy word of hyperemesis gravidarum, essentially hyper meaning a lot, emesis meaning vomiting, and gravidarum, the Latin word for associated with pregnancy. And the really upsetting factor of this is that if you've had HD diagnosed in a previous pregnancy, there's up to 89% chance that you'll experience it again in the following pregnancy. Wow. And how hard is that? I mean, you know, there's so many people out there that um, are happy with one child and want one child, Mm. but for those that want to grow their family, knowing that stat, it's like, okay, you've got to prepare yourself for another nine months, almost a whole year of sickness. Like, how do you work? How do you look after the child you've already had? Like, it's just... I've had clients who've had to completely quit their job during pregnancy. And it's like, what sort of financial role does that put on a family? Mm. But also mentally, like, you know, particularly if you enjoy your work. But I think having experienced morning sickness, sometimes a distraction is quite nice. Mm. Like, it can be really hard to work and it can be hard to talk when you're feeling so sick, but something other than laying there kind of wallowing in the sickness yeah. can be quite a nice distraction. Obviously, HG is a different conversation, but so what? She's just got to lay in bed for nine months by herself? Yeah, and and then that's going <clears> to <throat> impact nutritional status. It's going to impact, uh, like, like we were saying, mental health as well. Um, if you are currently pregnant or if, you have been uh, pregnant previously and experienced sickness, there's some really great resources online. Um, in particular, there is a web, uh, there is an Instagram page and it's called um, Hyperemesis Australia. And they promote a really simple and easy sort of like self-diagnostic criteria called the P, PUQE Uh, dash 24 score and essentially if you're sort of feeling as though you're wanting support to advocate for yourself you can go on to their Instagram or I think they even have it on a website and you can run through a little uh, three questions the first question is in the last 24 hours for how long have you felt nauseated or sick in your stomach and it will give you sort of four questions or four answers that you can choose from um And then the second question is, in the last 24 hours, have you vomited or thrown up? And then the third question is, in the last 24 hours, how many times have you retched or dry heaved without throwing up? And so if your score is over 13, you have severe nausea and vomiting in pregnancy, also known as HG. Okay, fascinating. Yeah. All of those, like each of those questions, it's like, how long have you felt sick or nauseous? How much have you vomited or thrown up? 
how much have you had retching or dry heaps? And it's just like this whole thing is not glamorous. When do you skip to the glamorous bit? It's not glamorous at all, especially if you've gotten to that point that your body is so used to vomiting with such force that you will wear yourself. And by you, I mean me. Um, (laughs) How many times has that happened? Oh, like, honestly, I probably couldn't count. Like if I'm, if I've got a lot of content in my stomach to vomit and it's, it's just like wherever I am, you know, just lay a towel over me because I'm, I'm done. Actually, is now a good time on the back of this podcast episode for me to upload all the photos I've taken of you? Yeah. Because when you talk about the content in your stomach, I think what Chloe is referring to (laughs) is the kebabs, bagels, chocolate milkshakes, chocolate milkshakes, orange orange juice. juice. (laughs) We went to look at a new clinic space a few months ago. And we're just walking along Derby Street, which is like a street in town in Newcastle. And we're just walking. And Chloe all of a sudden took a sharp right turn straight into the kebab shop. And then, you know, I just wanted to be really supportive. So, of course, I got a kebab. (laughs) (laughs) We were laughing about how Will, your partner, has also been very supportive of. Yeah, he's like, I've put on weight. And I'm like, yeah, because you're eating when you're not hungry because you want all of my cravings as well. Chloe said one time that they went through Red Rooster drive through to get dinner one night and Chloe... No, it wasn't dinner. It was, no, it was 5 o'clock in the yeah, afternoon. Yeah, it was like afternoon. And I had a... Is, that's my dinner time. I had a flavour wrap craving and a um, vanilla Pepsi craving, which I have three sips of and then just leave it. And Will's like, I am not... No, I'm not eating it. I'm not hungry. I've had a late lunch. We get to the drive through She's like, welcome to Red's. And Will's like... Two chicken flavor wraps, uh, one one solo and one Pepsi. I was like, Will, you said you weren't hungry. He's like, it's the smell. Yes, <laughs> it's so funny. I'm I'm just as supportive as Will is, um, which is so funny. But anyway, you sorry. do what you got to do. You do, yeah. What else were you saying? No, that's what you're saying. You were talking about the diagnosis for HD. Yeah. And I think, you know, what's interesting is like anecdotally in clinic, what I hear a lot from my clients is when I talk to them about how was your health in your first pregnancy? What, you know, they're saying, well, retrospectively, I think I had HG, but at the time it's your first pregnancy. So you're just sort Mm -hmm. of going with it day by day, unable to sort of tell the difference. So I think it's hard to advocate for yourself when you're so sick. And so with this new research, which has only sort of come out this month, it's um, published in a journal called Nature, and it's talking about the main causative factor of pregnancy, nausea and vomiting, and more severe Um, hyperemesis gravidarum and so previously people suspected that it may have been the placental hormone hcg um, Mm -hmm. that caused sickness because in twin twin pregnancies they found that women were more sick um, and so that was sort of like the suspected thing but what this research has actually found is that the greatest genetic risk factor for hg or for pregnancy nausea is actually a gene that codes for the hormone GDF15. And so this is pretty fascinating because they've isolated it to this one hormone. And so essentially, if you carry this gene, a variation in this gene, it predisposes you to experiencing heightened levels of 
nausea or vomiting in pregnancy? So, yeah, so essentially this genetic variation or a genetic variation in this gene means that if uh, you may be predisposed to experiencing low levels when you're not pregnant. And so that's fine. You may have no or low levels when you're not pregnant, but then when you do become pregnant, you're at risk of this hypersensitivity to this hormone because it's going to rapidly rise in pregnancy. And so unfortunately for these people, genetically they're predisposed to this hypersensitivity of this hormone and they experience a worsening severity of sickness. That is so interesting. And so what they've found is that what they can potentially do, because this was a mice study or a mouse study, we, we've had this conversation before don't ask me I don't know um one mice two mouses or I don't know no, one mouse two mice okay <laughs> so it was a mouse study and well it was probably a mice study they probably yeah, had yeah anyway, whatever and they found that by changing the levels of this hormone before they were pregnant that it reduced the risk of sickness during pregnancy or essentially appetite suppressant during pregnancy. And so what the goal here is to try to do is to raise levels of this hormone in women who aren't pregnant, but then in contrast to that, or we can try to prevent it by actually lowering this hormone whilst women are pregnant um, by isolating to this specific hormone that they know. It's either rise it when you're not pregnant or lower it when you are pregnant. And so how? Is that certain medication? I don't know. I don't know if they've gotten this far. That but far. Yeah. 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 And you know what? Really... Could you yeah. imagine something so specific and targeted? Boom you can get through your pregnancy. It's just like I just can't believe it's taken this long because there's been medications in the past that women have taken for morning sickness that have caused complications with um, limb development. Yes. and My mum and I were just talking about this actually because she went to school with someone. What's it called? It It started with F. Um, formaldehyde came to head, but that to mind, but that's not right. But anyway, I can't remember what the medication was called in the sixties. But she went yeah. to school with someone who had, yeah, um, deformity in her arms from. But if you're told, if you are so incredibly yes. sick, and you're told by your healthcare provider this is going to give you some relief, you know, you just do it. Um, yeah, so I think there's there's a long way to go in terms of this specific treatment. Um, but what I found really interesting is that this hormone GDF15 is expressed in lower concentrations in most organs, but also upregulated in terms of when there's like organ injury. Um, But it's also upregulated when someone's going through chemotherapy. And so when someone it goes through organ injury or chemotherapy, they get that classic nausea and vomiting. And so potentially we're looking at the same treatment across pregnancy and chemotherapy fascinating this is fascinating yeah so good news in terms of where we're that one step closer um and hopefully this means that you know our children aren't going to experience what we experienced yeah absolutely should we talk a bit about 
managing nausea and vomiting in pregnancy, like some of the things we commonly recommend to our clients, which certainly help, right? Like it's not that these things don't work at all. They help for some people completely and for some to an extent, and then they need further support. But what are some of the things that have helped you? So one of the biggest things for me. Aside from kebabs and (laughs) Red Rooster and GYG. Yeah, so I would say that um, previously, like to falling pregnant, I would eat when I'm hungry. Uh, Whereas what I'm finding now is that if I don't eat regularly or if I mess with my blood sugars, that is going to significantly worsen my nausea. So Mm. when I wake up, I need to have something solid, a solid breakfast with protein, with good fats, carbohydrates. Um, I know people don't tend to feel like that. So you can start off by having a piece of toast. um, But those rises and falls in your blood sugar levels, especially if you're like me and we're drinking orange juice, honestly, like it's water. um, But that in the moment can help, but then it just messes with your blood sugar levels and can make you feel sick. Actually, that reminds me, in the fridge in the clinic, there's There's sparkling water and orange juice. (laughs) So feel free to have that. Oh, my gosh. My my mocktail, my Friday knockoff mocktail. Yes, little mimosa. Um, Yeah, and look, the thing with protein is really interesting or stabilising your blood sugar levels with like a nice higher protein meal is that, it's kind of a good test. Like if you're feeling quite unwell, sure, have your Vegemite on toast or whatever it is that you can stomach and then trial having, you know, eggs on toast or something. It's something simple, something plain, but then notice how you feel for the rest of the day and the next day. If you feel that it helps a little bit, it's because it's helping to stabilize your blood sugar level. So you can just play around with it. Yeah. And I think, you know, it can also be things like cottage cheese or cream cheese. Like I, I forgot that. Yeah. I forgot that how much I needed to have like a midnight snack earlier on. And I was eating yogurt like from the tub at like 2am in the morning, or I'd bring (laughs) yogurt into the bed. Um, It was the only thing it just like sort of soothed and calmed, but it also had the benefit of being um, the protein as well. But the other thing that I found, which, you know, it's really hard for some people is how much exhaustion and overexertion can really impact your severity of sickness. Mm. And that's interesting, isn't it? Because I think, you know, in one hand, you want to keep moving from an exercise perspective but in the other hand it's really easy to overdo it and you'll feel it like if you are on your feet all day or you've gone for a big walk or you've gone to the gym like you usually would and then you go home and you need like a three-hour nap or you've got like some ligament pain around your belly you know you've overdone it so it's it's hard particularly if nausea and vomiting persists throughout pregnancy and you're just wanting to try and do something to get some fresh air and maintain your mental health and your energy physical everything everything um but it's hard because you can quite easily overdo it I remember getting to maybe 15 weeks and I'm like no okay this is enough I'm sick of being a in couch potato Mm. I need to get up and I need to go for either a swim or move my body and I overdid it and I was bedridden for three days because I went for a swim at Merriweather Baths and I walked down the stairs had like a bit of a paddle walked back up and then was just bedridden that was it 
it's like, okay, my body hates exercise, supplements, and good nutrition. So noted. <laughs> you just like you try to, but I think intuition trumps your body knows. Yeah, and exhaustion makes nausea worse. Like, yeah, I, what I've noticed historically is that if I had a bad night's sleep, for example, you know, you it, it, you feel it. You mm. just feel horrendous the next day. Mm. So, getting sleep, even if you're sleeping ten hours, you know, like we need the sleep. You're potentially growing a penis. Like that's yeah. wild. Or little ovaries. But or- the other thing <laughs> is constipation. Like. I tell us us about that I don't think I've actually been too bad um but I'm just like oh I'm so bloated I was like oh wait Mm. it's probably the baby but uh, you know it's so (laughs) hard to know like what's going on but um I remember having to go to the chemist and I was like asking this like young pharmacist I was like um excuse me like what do you think's better Movacol or Osmolax and he like yelled out to the lady he's like Jenny what's what what do you we sell more of Movacol or Osmolax and I'm just standing there just like ah anyway who cares but that's so funny did she (laughs) yell back or was she a bit more discreet well Movacol they're both osmolatic laxatives, so they... Is she yelling this from the back no, no. of the seat? <laughs> I already knew this, but they draw water to the bowel. But Movacol, you can have like a lemon-lime flavour or a chocolate flavour, whereas Osmolax is just like no flavour. And I was like, fuck, just let me like, I'm going to take the no flavour one and get out of here. Mm. Um, but constipation will definitely worsen your nausea and vomiting. Yes. What are the good things about pregnancy again? Can you just remind me? I remember not first trimester, but second trimester, my skin was really nice. Second trimester. Yep. And I remember my nails going like nice and strong. I remember getting my nails done once and um, she was like, wow, you have really strong nails. I'm like, I know it's the pregnancy, (laughs) Um, but that's about it. (laughs) Yeah. I'm I'm waiting for my glow up. You do have a glow up. For my glow Um, up. You glow up. I love that. Um, you know what I did find helpful though in in first trimester was acupuncture. I always rave mm. about acupuncture. I think it's amazing. Have you had any? Um, I have been pretty slack. I I guess I've just been in the headspace of will this work? Will this not work? Yeah, of and I'm so scared to start anything new or do anything new. It's like almost like everything's good. I don't want to jinx it. Um, yeah. but I have a really great acupuncturist, so I definitely want that support later in my pregnancy yeah well in first trimester it can be really nice too for nausea and vomiting or if you have hg and it Mm. progresses throughout pregnancy but i remember my acupuncturist um adriana who's here in newcastle she's amazing she there's like a point she might actually she'll she'll talk to me about this she'll be like okay no i know what you it's the yep. two veins in the middle of your wrist, probably yes. like three fingers down. Three fingers down. And she used to put, like I'd get the needling when I'd yeah. go there for a session and sometimes I'd go twice a week, but then she'd put like a press tack thingy mm-hmm. that you can like kind of play with or massage in for a little bit throughout the day. Honestly, I don't know how it works, but it does. It's yeah. kind of a similar concept to the the wristbands that people would buy, but you need to get the point right and it's obviously very different depending on the person so best like giving it a go for it 
I I do remember like Googling top like three or four foods that are going to help with um, pregnancy, like nausea and vomiting. And it was like crisp green apples, ginger tea and plain toast, ate them all and then like half an hour later vomited them all. Right back up. (laughs) You know, I reckon the biggest thing, particularly if we're just talking first trimester, the biggest thing is maintaining hydration, right? Because food's going to come and go. It might come back up. You might not get anything in, you know. But the the biggest thing we want to prevent is dehydration and potentially you having to go to the hospital because you are severely dehydrated. Mm -hmm. So water, and I think, you know, tap, I remember tap water, like setting me off. Like I just couldn't even, had to be icy cold water with ice cubes in it. Or I remember buying a soda stream and doing like the soda water without the colors and flavors and things. Um, Hydrolyte ice blocks, hydrolytes, like, you know, there is ones that, um, that say that they don't have glucose, but you need glucose if you're not eating. Mm. And so I think definitely that's a really big, a good point in terms of maintaining hydration. And if you can't have that there for yourself, you need to ask for support and you need to say, can you put my drink bottle in the fridge? Can you get this for me? Um, yeah, you just got to get, you just got to get bossy. You do broths, soups, cold water infused with cucumber. I don't know herbal tea, yeah, sugar-free kombucha, like whatever, coconut water, like whatever you can get in to maintain hydration because that will be honestly, it's the biggest thing to focus on. Yeah, and I think you know, like it's really important that there's you haven't caused this. As in Mm. there's nothing that you've done to make it that you are experiencing severe um, nausea and vomiting. It's just comes down to genetics. It comes down to a lot of different things and you just have to ask for help and you have to advocate for yourself. And even if you can't take your supplements and you're, you know, not eating as healthily as you can, it's, this is a chapter in your life, in your pregnancy, and hopefully it will get better, but you can't be hard on yourself. Absolutely. I think that's a really nice way to finish. Yeah. And on does. And on does. Yes. (laughs) On Dazatron for anyone that hasn't abbreviated the name of their medication to On Daz. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. If you liked it, leave us a review and follow us on socials. We'd love to hear from you.